hope you enjoy your flight. This is Things That Go Bump in the Night, Episode 8, Back Alley Banter. On this episode of Back Alley Banter, we chat about one of Kat's favorite subjects, weird criminal cases. The weirder, the better. The weirder, the better. Things that go bump in the night and other things that make us shudder. Full disclosure for our listeners who are parents, this episode is one that you may not want to listen to when kiddos are around. We do not want to frighten anyone. This is Maya and Kat inviting you to... Sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Welcome back, friends. We're so grateful you've chosen to join us for this episode of Back Galley Banter. I think we're starting to get the hang of this cat. This is our eighth episode, I think. Yeah, we're on number eight. If we're counting like mini pod introductions, etc. Did you ever think we would get here? I honestly feel now like we are finding our stride with this little passion project of ours. We really are. It is a passion project. We're having so much fun doing this. Yes. Cats focusing on the editing I'm doing the outlines to keep us on track and even that <laughs> we get a little carried away but we're getting the swing of things and we're trying to stay on top of it because we never want to leave you guys without an episode on a Tuesday that's right and there are some holidays that are coming up for one of us and yeah. then the other is going to be kindly taking care of my house <laughs> and working all yes. the while and uh, we're going to make sure that we have a handful of episodes in the can mm-hmm. ready to go and post dated for launch so yeah. you never miss a week because Maya's finally working again. Yay! Yay, Maya. Congratulations. <laughs> Not back to flying, but she is no. working again. So yes. it's at least income coming in again, yes. which some is work. grateful. <laughs> yes, some work is better than no work. Yes. I think I may know the answer to this, mm-hmm. but anything in particular you'd like to dig in a little bit deeper with? Yeah, like things that go bump in the night. Strange but true criminal cases. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. I think we'll have one or two opinions on that. I definitely think so. And I'm a self-professed true crime junkie, as you know. Mm-hmm. I love my books, my thrillers, movies, miniseries, and podcasts, all of true crime. I tend to listen to at least one true crime podcast at least once a day. Usually before bed, I think. Yeah, as we were just discussing, <laughs> I've even fallen asleep with my earbuds in listening to a true crime That's podcast. strange to me. I, know. I don't know that I would be able to do that. I might be a bit of a weirdo like that. Again, before we dive in, parents, we do discuss some cases that may not be suitable for younger listeners. Please use your discretion listening to this with little ones nearby. While preparing for this episode, I was looking for weird cases. Yes. Canadian cases, because we are Canadian. Yes. But Canadian cases are weird, but they're like weird, weird. They're the weird of of the weird sometimes. They're weird of the weird. Yeah. Yeah. So I broadened my stretch to just, huh? Did that really happen? Right. Kind of cases. And I came across a few. I had to weed some out. Uh, One I stumbled across was a jilted lover who got stood up and burned her lover's house down. Lisa Left Eye Lopez. She did that. Did she? Yeah, before she passed away. I didn't know that. I think there was some football player that she was dating and she had found out that he had cheated. Just a little match. Yeah. And poof. Well, this one I think was a one night stand that didn't have follow through or something. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. So, and this jilted. one is a Canadian case. This and was not. This was New Jersey. Oh, this is New Jersey. But when I went to look further, I couldn't find any of the um, articles that I had found the first time. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't give credit where credit was due. So okay. anyway, if you want to find it, I'm sure you can Google it, find out more about that one. That was a little weird. There were a few others, but I settled on a few and then we um, narrowed it down from there, I guess yes. you could say. Yes. The first one we're going to talk about is a really interesting, weird. Yes. What would you say? Interestingly weird. Interestingly weird 
weird case from last year. Uh, yeah, it said actually it said just last week, but this would have been last I, year. I think the front page said 2018. Let's see. Uh, yeah, he okay. so it was 2018, but it was a cold case. Okay, so February of 2019, a guy was at a sporting event in Minnesota. Yes, Minnesota, eating yeah. a hockey dog. Ho- hockey dog. dog. <laughs> he was at a hockey game <laughs> eating a hot dog. <laughs> We're not sure what a hockey dog is. <laughs> it's probably a Canadian thing. It's honestly because I just had my Tim Hortons iced cappuccino it's for the first time. High. It's the sugar high. <laughs> I haven't had one in like six months. Okay, sorry, Maya. <laughs> I'm thinking that a hockey dog is probably something that they do at Jappa Dog. <laughs> probably. <laughs> we might need to do a little bit more research on that. Oh my Jappa God. Dog, do you actually make a hockey dog? <laughs> And if so, what is on it? And if not, <laughs> do we have a proposal for you? Okay. What would you put on a hockey dog? <laughs> Let's think about this. Poutine? No. Is the hot dog big enough? I don't think so. I don't know. It's got to be. What, s- what do they serve at hockey games? It's been years. Since nachos been and so cheese, beer, yeah. and hot dogs. So you need to do like a beer battered. Yeah. Nacho cheese hot dog. Yeah. And then it's a hockey dog. Yeah. There you go. Done. Done. We just created it. We did. <laughs> Yours truly, right yeah. here. You can send that to Cat at. <laughs> Please don't. (laughs) So uh, Jerry Westrom was at a hockey event, I believe, in Minnesota, eating a hot dog. Yes. Didn't even think twice about it. Wiped his mouth, threw his napkin in the trash. And then a few weeks later, a few days later, I'm not even sure. Yeah. It was knock, knock, knock. Hello, Mr. Westrom. We're here to arrest you. They arrested him for a cold case from 1993. Crazy. Yeah. All from, how did they do it? Genealogy? Yeah, genealogy testing, database testing. Um, there's a genealogy company that helped identify the man as a suspect in this unsolved murder from 1993. The authorities dug the napkin out of the trash and used his DNA on it to tie him to the case. That's what the court records indicated. So that's like the ancestry and the, yes. um, what's the other one? That everybody's 23andMe and that sort of 23 thing? 23andMe and Ancestry.com. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So that's the spit in the tube and then send it off and yeah. they tell you where you're from and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I don't know how I feel feel about that that's the thing i've had this conversation with my husband over the years yeah regarding this genealogy testing yeah because essentially it is freely giving up your dna dna to be used for to be used and stored in the system mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a little strange i mean i know i get a kick out of and i'm sure many of our listeners do this and i understand why people do it is the covering of the um camera on their ipad computer oh yeah those little internal cameras yeah yeah what people forget is that we are on closed circuit TV so many times a day. CCTV is everywhere. So I just, I get a kick out of it. Yes. You're trying to limit it. Meanwhile, you have your Alexa sitting right there. That's right. That's inviting it in, in a different way. Yes. Because there were cases where, um, was it last year or the year before? I can't remember where Alexa was listening to parents talking about what they were getting their kids for Christmas Mm -hmm. and she was ordering it. Oh my goodness. Or just the creepy laugh out of nowhere. Do you remember hearing that I do remember hearing about that i don't know i'm i'm on the fence about it i think it's great for having music and things like that playing yes so when you are staying here next week while we're away are you gonna unplug alexa you can i don't know if i'll unplug her okay because my device won't be connected to her that's right and all the devices that would be would probably be ours be gone yes i I will let you know that uh, my husband has been known to freak out our cleaning gal when he knows that she's at the house from our security cameras. I'm sure he would do something like yeah, that. Yeah, by but, Alexa. Um, so maybe I won't okay. unplug her just so that he can have a little fun. But we'll see. We'll yes. see. As long as he doesn't do it at like 9 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night when I'm here by myself. No. And I'm like, ah! 
No, I don't think he would. And then I need to buy you a whole new mattress because I wet the bed. <laughs> but <laughs> he wouldn't do that. No, I don't think it'll be a problem. Like if it's going to be entertainment for him. Yeah, sure. Leave it plugged in. <laughs> right. <laughs> I just won't use her as. A, of course. As a resource, as entertainment yeah. like we do. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't connect any of my devices to her because mm-hmm. I just. I mean, not that I care if my devices are connected to her. It's just... Yeah. Well, it's a privacy thing, right? My We wanted to buy an Alexa um, or um, I think my mom even wanted to buy one of the Google Dots, I think mm-hmm. they're called, for my dad. And he said, absolutely not, uh, because there's enough of his personal information out there that he doesn't need the powers that be to be inside his home. Well, he's of that generation that they were really concerned about wiretapping and things mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. from like the Watergate era. Right. So I can appreciate where they're coming from with that where they are really concerned about Big Brother watching all the time. And identity theft, right? Because they're also, unfortunately, in that age group that's being targeted now, too, Mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Even though your parents are pretty savvy and I don't think that they would fall for one of those scams. No. My parents are, too. They're in that generation that's being targeted. targeted. Yes. But they are the exception to the rule in that sense, right? They're skeptical of everything and everybody and keep their privacy and they hold their cards very close to their chest. Where I feel like our generation is so much more open and I can't say trusting, maybe ignorant to the possibility or just putting our personal information out there. I, ignorant is probably the best word for it, but it's it's not ignorant in a bad way. Right. It's not like it's just... In the blissful way. It's a blissful thing. And it's because our parents generation worked so hard to overcome the adversities that they had they wanted to make sure that we were raised differently than that yes and that's partly why we came to Canada was because Mm -hmm. they wanted us not raised the way that we were being taught right of course bringing us to a place where there was less option for that was a good place so I'm not sure how I feel about this is it a, a violation of not even a violation is it an ethical issue to use a genealogy website to aid the police in this type of case specifically Mm-hmm. I genuinely, I know that we are going to oppose on this because I feel that if someone surrenders their DNA, so let's say yep. I surrender my DNA, I have friends that have done it. I have a, an, an ex who is a police officer and mm-hmm. I know he himself has even done, what is it, 23andMe mm-hmm. or Ancestry.com to find out his heritage and whatnot. And therefore, this is how Jerry was busted because yep. they linked him, right, to yep. someone who's done the testing and the, that DNA. Mm-hmm. I feel like if you choose to surrender it and if you are going to commit a crime, absolutely. I am 100% supportive of the authorities using genealogy testing database sites. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm in agreement with that. You are? I am, yeah. I thought you were going to... No. Oh, wow. No, I wouldn't voluntarily do that. But I'm also not going to go out and do anything... Commit a crime. That I... Not intentionally. No. No. Um, Is there a way to commit a crime unintentionally, though? I don't know. Like, running a red light is different than... Right. Murder. Murder, which is what this was, wasn't it? Yes, this was murder. I'm not even sure who he murdered. I don't know if this case tells us it doesn't even it, it just talks it more just about says, it's more about the genealogy yeah. side of things which i thought was an interesting topic of conversation because mm-hmm. it is so divided and there are so many people that are like well that's not why i provided my dna yes well still trash is public property there you go okay so not to refer to people's not, dna is trash no 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 yes. i'm talking about like garbage okay i know so what you're survey, talking about so the napkin ending up in the trash yes is fair game that is i'm following you have carte blanche to that yes 
So if you happen to be in a database somewhere and your DNA is linked to that. Yes, it's true. And who, you know what? These criminals too, 1993, criminals from 20, 30, 40 years ago, five years ago even, I don't think they ever dreamed of having a 23andMe or an Ancestry.ca or .com or whatever it's called. So anything else you want to talk about about the genealogy? Oh, well, let's talk about a little bit um, where it started, right? Right around here, like how the strategy came about of using oh, Gina. I didn't read that part. Yeah. Did you read it? No, I haven't. Okay. I, I mean, I'm familiar with it, but I haven't read it to the listeners. Okay. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay. Just to give you a little bit of background information here is the strategy of using the genealogy databases um, to help solve crimes was actually popularized, popularized. That's a hard one to say. It I is. don't know if I would be able to say Popularized. <laughs> was popularized late last year. So late 2018, I'm Late guessing. 2018. Correct, because this is um, articles of 2019. Old. Yeah. yeah. So let me try that again. The strategy was popularized 2018 Perfect. after authorities used an online gene- genealogy database to make an arrest in the case of the Golden State Killer. Do you know anything about that case? I do a little bit because of my my true crime podcast. So I've seen Netflix documentaries and things like mm-hmm. that come up as something I may like. I've heard about it, but I didn't know if I was missing like key details. And I think I am. Okay. No. It's just been not well publicized. Yeah. Unless you know your true crime, you watch Dateline like I do, or you read your true crime books and whatnot. You probably have heard about it, but you don't know a lot of details about it. Okay. So what? Yes. Was it a male or a female? The Golden State Killer was a male. Um, and he had burglarized, raped, and murdered people across California over decades. Um, since then, the genealogical sleuthing techniques have led to arrests in cases in Washington State, Pennsylvania, North Carolina. Family Tree DNA, one of the country's largest at-home genetic testing companies, recently apologized to its users for failing to disclose that it was sharing DNA data with federal investigators. And I think that's maybe where I was a little bit caught up on it was with the ethical issue with the ethical issue mm-hmm. was are these people knowingly right submitting their dna yes knowing that it could be shared with interpol or whomever needs it yes initially no and that's what they're saying right initially it was not made public it was not um, disclosed mm-hmm. that this their their dna was so, being used in theory depending on which just to play devil's advocate mm-hmm. And my, this is where my passion for criminology comes out and my desire to go to law school is if I was his attorney, yes, I would never be a defense attorney. Let's just put that out there. Yeah. And there's nothing I, wrong with being a defense attorney. Nothing wrong with it. I just couldn't do it. That's right. That's my character wouldn't allow me to do it. Mm-hmm. But if I was this person's defense attorney, yes, I'd be trying to find out if the company at which he supplied his DNA yes. did actually disclose that because if they didn't, I would try to find a way to get this thrown out yes. as invalid. I'm sure that his attorney, I'm sure any good did. attorney would, would have and did, hence the reason that it probably became public as it being an ethical issue. It just, it blows my mind that that wasn't originally premeditated consideration perhaps. Well, as if I was designing that website yeah. and I knew that it could have the potential to help law enforcement agencies Mm -hmm. i feel like i would put that in the fine print somewhere knowing full well that people don't read the fine print exactly (laughs) because we all accept and acknowledge every time apple updates something or samsung updates something we read and accept i might need to dig a little deeper on this case it's getting a little more interesting i should have read it a little bit closer (laughs) yeah we've been busy though we have been busy he was arrested at work Mm mm-hmm do you know that I think it is just in the U.S.? It's somewhere around here. 15 million people have what they call surrendered their DNA to the system, to genealogical sites. 
That's 15 million people. And it says this is a pool of profiles large enough to allow for 60% of white Americans, the primary users of DNA sites in the U.S. That does not surprise me at all. Mm -hmm. My husband and I have talked about this because we know people who've done it. Mm -hmm. We are curious because my husband, Irish-Polish background, right? I have French and German. Um, We have the Irish and Polish on his side of the family cultural influence embedded into our lives and our family because mom and dad, my in-laws, have kept that alive in us. And we're very proud of it. So I married into that, but my daughter has a portion of that as well. On the other side of my family, not so much. So my side of the family, I should say. However, my husband and I have no desire to go and get that DNA genealogical testing. With the ancestry and that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. it's a delicate balance for me. It is. Because I think it's a great tool for somebody who was adopted. Mm-hmm. who doesn't know their Heritage. medical history or anything mm-hmm. like yes. that. But they need to know because they're facing some health problems mm-hmm. or they need explanations for something. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great tool for that. Yes. Again, you still can't expect the person that you're, you have alleles in common with mm-hmm. to actually want to meet you. Yeah. So it does complicate things. I think it's a wonderful tool. Yes. Would I do it myself? Probably not. Yeah. Do I think it's genius that the police are using it as a tool? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think maybe the genealogy websites or whatever they are need to be a little bit more upfront. Yes. That they do partner with. They do. Not just in the small print, but. Yes. In your face. Up front. Definitely. I'm really surprised, pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. that we agree on this. Mm-hmm. I thought for sure we were going to disagree on it and you were going to say no, absolutely not. Especially with your criminology background. I thought that you, you, yeah. Why not? I don't know. Um, I love how creative the police get sometimes. I know. My dad and I were driving one day. So we were driving. There's an overpass over the busy freeway. Yep. And it was a holiday weekend or just before a holiday weekend, I believe. Mm-hmm. And when my dad had come out to pick me up, Mm-hmm. He had seen four or six cars pulled over by police officers, marked and unmarked cars. Mm-hmm. On the way back into the city, I counted myself between the sheriff's department, the RCMP, and the city police. Mm-hmm. I think I counted nine or ten cars that were all pulled over. Holy going southbound, Like city cars, not police cars? So all pulled over by either marked or unmarked police okay, or gotcha. law enforcement vehicles. Sheriff's. RCMP and okay. um, city police. When we went onto the overpass mm-hmm. over the freeway, there was a van, like a utility work type van, but like one of those sprinter type vans, 15 okay. seater vans. Yeah. It had the cones lined up behind it and it was just pulled over four ways going. So it just looked like it was doing work. Well, as we drove by, I saw that it was an unmarked police vehicle because I saw the computer in it. They were standing on the top with their radar gun and then radioing ahead. Like a talk. speed trap? It was a speed trap. That but is... nobody could see it because wow. it was above you. That was is genius. genius. I was like, that is brilliant. I love that. Yeah. They are very um, creative. It was amazing. Yeah. I was like, kudos to you. I know. And I don't know if I would even fight that ticket. I'd be like, dude, fist bump. <laughs> yes. 100% busted. Yeah. I, I'll th- own that. Like, exactly. I'll own that. Because. And take my hat off to your genius. I, like I was saluting them. I was like, I'm still <laughs> floored by the ingenuity of that. That is. I was like, that's probably like the rookie. They probably had like a toolbox meeting and they're like, we need an idea. We have a holiday weekend coming up. Yeah. How do we do this? Yeah. We need some creative new ways. And spitball the ideas. Just spitball. And yeah. then the rookie's like, 
well, I have an idea, but I don't think anybody wants to hear it. And then somebody's like, did somebody say something? It's <laughs> like, yeah, I have an idea, but I don't know if anybody wants to hear it. <laughs> Instant promotion. <laughs> and he just made captain of the department. <laughs> or she. It's probably a she, right. let's be honest. And we know, we know, folks, we know police officers personally. We know that it's yes. much more it's involved absolutely than much, that. We're just making, I just yes. thought it was brilliant. I thought that they needed a shout out for that because. Yes. Wow. Yes, it was ingenious. Brilliant. And um, I just shout out to all of our police officers Thank out there. Thank you so much. Because we, you we are love not, you. We do. We appreciate everything you're doing. And we know it's not easy. It's not easy right now. For you right now. Yeah. So thank you. Sending loves. Um, next story. Okay. Is this the levity one? Yeah. Let's do the levity one. Okay. It's, your, it's you, Maya. It's me. Yeah. For Am levity. I? Oh. Uh, levity. Another case I stumbled across because I typed in weird Canadian cases was this one is out of Hamilton, Ontario. A Niagara Falls man. I love this story. <laughs> was fined $15,000 Canadian, which is a lot. It would probably be 10 grand US. Okay. So 15 grand Canadian, about 10 grand US. Yeah. After he was caught flying into Canada with a suitcase full of leeches. You heard me right. I said leeches. Leeches. Not beaches, leeches, like those sucky little things that you have to yeah. shake salt on to get them off you yeah. when you go swimming in the lake. Full of algae. Yeah. But this is the best part about it. It wasn't full of leeches, like 10 leeches. When, when I say a suitcase full of leeches, you're thinking like a jar yeah. or two or maybe three yeah. of leeches. No, this fella had close to 5,000 live, live, live medical grade leeches yeah. in his suitcase. That he was smuggling in. Smuggling. Why? Why? Right. Why? Yes. On God's green earth, do you need to smuggle in 5,000 medical leeches? Sell them on the medical black market, maybe? I don't know. I When I looked a little bit further into this, I believe they came from Russia, but I'm not 100% from sure. From Russia? I think so. Okay. But I could be mistaken on that. Who knew that Russia had like premium leeches? I guess. Right. Um, a dog working with border agents managed to sniff out <laughs> the leeches. And they were sent to the Royal Ontario Museum in Toronto. Great. So we can go and see them at the Royal, Royal Ontario, Ontario Museum. Museum in Toronto. Okay. Yeah, just down the street. I'm sure that they have a placard or something I, that I, explains. I, just, <laughs> I, have, I was left with so many questions after reading this. Yes. Number one, what would I do Yes. if I'm helping somebody stow their bag Yes. and I see leeches in there? That's the thing. Or if they escape during flight. If they flight. escape, because things have been known to escape Because this was flight. in his carry-on bag. This yes. was not in his check suitcase. So this was in his mm-hmm. bag that he brought on board a flight. But leeches, these were definitely not his <laughs> pets, I don't think. I don't think they were his pets. I think he was looking for some fat cash. Um, what else does this say? Along with fine, he was... Oh, he was banned for a year from importing or exporting anything. Just one year. Just one year. Wow. Slap on the wrist. Or, and possessing any animals regulated. Okay. So. Have you ever come across that show called, I think it's called Border Patrol? Or Border Security. Border Security, yes. maybe? Because yeah. we do come into the one that they do in airports on the West Coast. Yes, I'm sure you and I have appeared on more than one episode. Yes. Unknowingly. Unknowingly. Because coming through on the West Coast, coming through, I know they were filming one time when we were zipping through, but any time that we got one of those agents that are the on the show. Ones. Yes. <laughs> yeah. and I had him just before COVID shut us all down. He was did lovely. You? Yeah. They are lovely. But I would be standing because we have a crew line that we yes. stand in where yeah. all the crews that come it's for uninformed port. crew. Yes. It actually says uniformed, but yeah. I'm listexic, and I think it's funny to say uninformed flight crew. Listexic. I know. I always read it as uninformed as well. <laughs> I'm uninformed flight crew. 
<laughs> so all of us stand, and that could be any airline, right? Yeah. International airline, local, There's sometimes domestic. 150 people. Yeah, and we're all line. standing there. And then I'm always trying to suss out if I'm going to get one of my two faves. Yeah, like, come on. And they have literally seen me do the fist pump when he says next crew, and then I'll look back at my crew and I'll do the fist pump. Yeah. I'm like I got him, I got him. Yeah. And they always giggle at me when I come up, and I'm like, I'm so happy I got. <gasps> like, I know they're lovely, <laughs> and they're so patient. Yeah. From some of the things I've seen them go through. That's what yeah. this reminded me of. I can yes, imagine absolutely. that being on the show. Yeah. And them opening oh, up. Oh, for sure. But finding, not at this. I, I imagine that would have been a good one for that. That but, would have been so interesting. Why? I don't know. I have so, so many, many questions. questions. Why do you need 5,000 leeches? I'm telling you, black market. Medical black market. It had to be. What ailment do you have that's that bad that you need to remove your entire body? blood volume and then some right it has to be some leeches yeah i would imagine some laboratory or testing laboratory or something like that i feel like we need to write a song about five thousand leeches in the wind (laughs) (laughs) hey andy can you work on that for us (laughs) are we good to wrap up leeches yeah let's wrap up leeches and move on so the next one i found is also a canadian case yes this one dates back to 19 this is good this is historical 86 oh god i thought we were doing the 1800s when we were talking oh no about i it. will touch base on that okay. yes no 1986 i think okay, 86, 86 is historical 87 87 are you saying that i'm historical <laughs> that's <was> rude <laughs> You know, it's all an endearment. If I'm historical, you're an antique. I'm a fossil. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fully aware. I'm fully aware. <laughs> this one says, this is about our Canadian listeners may recall this one. I'm not sure. Barbara Ann Woods was one of the victims involved in this one. Mm-hmm. She was killed by her son-in-law. Yes. Tragic case. Who drove to their house murdered her for sure and left his father-in-law unconscious i believe i don't know if he perished later or what he early hours of the morning woke up drove the 23 kilometers so that's how many miles 13 i only know from running uh, marathons yeah how long is a marathon a full marathon 21.1 kilometers 42.2 this is just over this is 23 kilometers okay so it's almost the length of a marathon a half half marathon so this case is um, Barbara Ann Woods was one of the victims. Mm-hmm. The assailant, is that the right word? Mm-hmm. Would be criminal assailant. Her assailant, I think, works in this one. Okay. Um, I'm not sure, though. I don't know. Hmm. Criminal. Let's go with criminal. Okay. Was her son-in-law. Son-in-law, yes. And he woke in the early hours of the morning, drove 23 kilometers. So that's a little bit longer than a half marathon. Yes. Half marathon is 21.1. So just a little bit more than a half marathon to get to their house. So the house of Barbara Ann and her husband just outside of Toronto and grabbed a tire iron, let himself into the house. All right. Where do you get the tire iron? Uh, the trunk of his car. Okay. Um, used the key that he had to his house because everybody's in-laws have keys to their house. Yep. And proceeded to their sleeping quarters and choked his father-in-law so that he was unconscious and beat his mother-in-law with a tire iron. And why? Disgruntled? Did he have a broken marriage to their daughter? It doesn't really say. It. There is a lot of history before that. Yes. It says prior to that that he had been placing bets on horse races, caused a lot of financial problems um, to obtain more money. He stole $32,000 from his employer. That's a big chunk of change. Huge chunk of change. So clearly he was in debt, and it sounds like he may have had gambling issues. I'm thinking there's some addiction there, Mm -hmm. for sure. He just kept losing the money, losing the money, losing the money. Company found out about it, and 
he was subsequently fired terminated he was taken to court his personal life suffered so i don't know it doesn't go into more details about this he's 23 years old 23 at the time 23 years old at the time was he formerly a veteran or anything no ptsd it doesn't specify anything like that okay and his name was kenneth parks kenneth james parks okay this is one of the most infamous cases Anytime I typed into, because I'd heard about this when I was in school, okay. meaning university, I'd heard about the sleepwalking plea as a defense. Okay. And remembering that, I typed it into Google, and this case was one of the most prominent cases, and it's addressed in so many different ways. Yes. That it's several different articles have actually all addressed this case because it was so pivotal in that time to actually have that defense as sleepwalking. Okay. So Woods is the mother-in-law. Oh, sorry. Okay. Woods was found five to six feet, six feet away from the bedroom. She had been stabbed as well. So he must have grabbed a knife from the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It says. Okay. Sustained a lot of blunt force injuries resulting in a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Though Dennis was unconscious, his wounds were less severe. He took the phone off the hook because back in the day. <laughs> Criminal took the phone off the hook. Criminal okay. took the phone off the hook, set it down again, off the hook. Ran upstairs to the teenage daughter's bedrooms. Oh, good Lord. So his nieces? His nieces, I guess. But he just stood there and then ran and left. Um, After the killing, Kenneth then drove to the police station. He arrived at 4.45 a.m. covered in blood. I'm reading this verbatim from this article. We'll make sure to um, attach a link in the description so that the credit is given to the person who wrote this article. I believe this one's from somebody at CBC, but I'm not 100% sure. Mm -hmm. So he drove right to the police station, 4.45 a.m., covered in blood, and said, I just killed somebody with my bare hands. Oh, my God, I just killed someone. I've just killed two people. My God, I've just killed two people with my hands. My God, I've just killed two people with my hands. My hands, I just killed two people. I killed them. I just killed two people. I've just killed my mother and father-in-law. I stab and beat them to death. It's all my fault. And that is a direct quote. That is a direct quote I am reading verbatim. Shudder. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The police could see that he was distressed and shaking he did Mm -hmm. not appear to be in pain despite having cut tendons in both hands cut tendons in both hands okay so i'm wow yes wow there this is an example of dissociative analgesia analgesia it's a-n-a-l-g-e-s-i-a i I would say analgesia yeah i'm thinking it's like analgesic yes dissociative analgesia would be exactly that feeling no pain because of the adrenaline i'm guessing is what that means a profound bl- blunting of pain sensation in the absence of painkillers. So that's exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. Dissociative analgesia can occur during states of sleepwalking, but also after drug use and in states of shock or great distress. Um, the examinated very carefully, but the experts could find no explanation for this crime other than sleepwalking. This is crazy. So clearly they did the they did the whole testing, like um, testing for drugs or alcohol. Absolutely. Yeah. And he clearly didn't have any yeah. history of mental illness. At the time, no. Okay. But now knowing what we know, mm-hmm. the argument could be made that the gambling and the theft right. were signs of okay. we're red flags. of time. Okay. Some sort. Okay. Because those are still addictions. Yes. Well, the the theft isn't, but the theft is a means by which to meet the addiction. Okay. Or. So was the medical, sorry, Maya. No, that's okay. I'm just curious while, uh, while it's in my brain. Yeah. Was the medical determination 
the sleepwalking or was that his defense? I think that was the explanation from all of the experts. You're kidding me. I think. Okay. The way I'm reading it. Yes. That's the way it says or, okay. or it reads to me because it goes on to further say that he underwent a series of sleep tests, psychological testing, an EEG. So it's the um, brain mapping. Mm -hmm. And it all showed that he had some abnormal brain activity during his sleep periods of partial awakenings, which is indicative of parasomnia. Okay. So that state of. Yes wakefulness but sleeping like purgatory sleep purgatory <laughs> yes that's mm -hmm. a really good way of explaining it yeah and since there is no way to allegedly fake one's eeg results that's true which it's very difficult to do you can't really fake yeah. those ones kenneth had appeared to feel no pain when he arrived at the police station it was determined that he was sleepwalking when he attacked so not he sleepwalking he sleep drove Oh, yeah, that escaped my brain completely while we're talking about this because I'm thinking of the actual act. But he had to get, get there. there. Wow. But, I mean, fatigue is a weird and funny thing. Mm -hmm. I know fatigue is very different than sleepwalking. How the officers mm -hmm. responding to this. Can you imagine if somebody walked into your station? Mm -mm. Oh, my God, I just killed two people. No, I cannot. What What would you even do? I know. Like, yeah. How do you respond at that, Kate, at that point and... It doesn't sleepwalking. Mm -hmm. It doesn't automatically lead to a full acquittal. An involuntary act entitles an accused to an unqualified acquittal only if the automatic condition did not originate in a disease of the mind. Okay. So he isn't encompassmentous. Yes. So they can't make the plea for insanity. That's the thing. But is this a viable defense of not being aware of what you're doing? And now I know there's something about Ambien, but I know that there's been things that have people have done on Ambien that they have no recollection of too. Okay. So and with, Ambien is a sleep aid. Ambien is a sleep aid. I don't know if it's still available or not, but okay. I just remember hearing something about it. I'm wondering if that defense would be sleepwalking, committing a crime. And then finding that you had Ambien in your system. Right. Would that then still qualify? Would you be able to use this as a defense? And I, who's yeah. it up to? Uh, well, ultimately, it would be up to a judge or a jury, regardless of how the case would be presented, if that were a factor. This would most likely, I would guess, not be a bench trial. Right. So I wouldn't I, think so. I wouldn't think so. But Kenneth was known for having some uncontrollable urges, which would be the gambling and that sort of thing. Okay. Losing his job, his gambling misdeeds caused him to suffer extreme anxiety. That caused insomnia. He used to have a good relationship with his in-laws, in part because when he first met their daughter, she was a runaway, and he convinced her to return to their home. Oh, no. So it would be a hard one to be a jury on that one. It I would think. be so difficult. It's sleep deprivation. I am not condoning by any means murder, abuse, no, hurting absolutely. anyone else. But sleep deprivation can a serious thing fuck up your head yeah. so badly your your judgment your rationale how you see yourself in the world so this guy was clearly sleep deprived he sleep deprived an emotional toll was taken yes. on him he's 23 years old right his brain's not even fully formed yet he does not have a fully formed frontal lobe so he's not right. making the best decisions right they they were grateful that he intervened brought his, their daughter back but after he lost his job, he stopped visiting. So he's married to the daughter. He's married to the daughter. But stopped visiting the, mom and dad-in-law. Yeah. Okay. This is just me outwardly assessing. I wonder if it's perhaps shame. Shame on his part? Yes. That he lost his job due to his oh, yeah. gambling. And because his in-laws, I mean, they're young. They're 20. He's 23. I don't know how old the daughter Oh, gosh. Be. Yeah. But they're babies. 
they're babies. Like, it seems to me like perhaps they took on a parental type role to him as well. Possibly. Sounds like they were quite close. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his home life was home like. Life was. Yeah. I'm wondering if that's why he stopped visiting because he's the shame ashamed yeah. and he doesn't want to disappoint. I'm curious if she even knew that he was had lost his job. I would presume she did because right. charges were pressed. Yes. But uh, oh, it does. Th- very next thing <laughs> in the sentence was he was ashamed and feared their abandonment. Okay. Guess who was right? Armchair expert. <laughs> you did it. Give Dax a run for his money. <laughs> I know, right? Maya. <laughs> Coming for you, Dax. <laughs> he was unable to find a new job. He did a few jobs on the side as an electrician and continued to gamble. He was charged with fraud, but was out on bail at the time of the attacks awaiting his trial. So that's going to add stress to the situation. So he's well. just spinning for attacks c- completely out of control, right? Tasmanian Spin? devil. Yes. Yep. Just collecting yes. in his wake and just, yeah. his wife wanted him to get help for his gambling. She said that she would leave him if his gambling continued. They had many fights over this, the pressure from his wife. He arranged to join Gamblers Anonymous on the day of the killing. Kenneth was supposed to go to a barbecue at his in-laws house and tell them about his gambling his debt and his job loss so oh that's heavy that's got to weigh heavily on you it is and just the outcome of it it's just so heartbreaking to me because they sound like mom and dad upstanding upstanding people people from the little information that we do have on the case right the article goes on to say that could these factors have motivated kenneth to drive the 23 kilometers to kill his in-laws in a fit of temporary insanity so that's where that incompetentious plea yep. could be made. Um, his impulsi- impulsivity does suggest a tendency towards psych- psychosis. Psychosis, yes. So, I mean, that's a tough one. It is a tough one. It's a heavy heart. It's I, I want to sit here and go, what a piece of shit, because you've murdered but someone. You, then you listen to the backstory, and yes. he reunited the daughter and her parents because she was a runaway, runaway, and he wondered what was best for her. And he was ashamed that he lost his job, and... He had this gambling problem. And, and he showed, he clearly showed remorse when he showed up to the police station, police station. after the actual act. I would not want to be the judge or the jury Mm-mm. on this case. It's so, it's with a as heavy heart that I hear this one. Much as I would love to be on a jury trial, I don't think no. I would have been able to. This one would keep me up at night, yeah. I think. The evidence collected prior to the trial indicates or suggests that he was indeed a sleepwalker. His wife had no recollection of sleepwalking, but only of him talking to her in his sleep. And usually those go hand Hand in hand. hand. Parasomnia, there is a defect in the gating mechanism that allows substantial input to the motor system. Again, this is direct from the article. This is not how I speak. (laughs) So can you dumb it down, Um, please? I have to go back a paragraph. Yes. Okay. Um, There is a lot of evidence that supports the latter hypothesis. The EEG readings during his sleep tests Mm -hmm. were irregular, suggesting parasomnia, as we discussed earlier. Yes. But irregular readings can also occur during sleep when people are under great stress. Yes. During substance abuse, etc. So depending on when they were done. Right. He might have still had the stress from. It was clearly under. Well, he was. Extreme stress. Extreme stress occurred. The attack occurred. His mother reported that when he was 13 to 14, she used to go in and check on him while he was sleeping. Yeah. And his legs were going out of the sixth floor window. So I'm guessing they lived in an apartment. So she would go in and check on him and he's halfway out the window. Oh my God. Is the way I'm reading this. Okay. Um, This is the only case of sleepwalking that she could ever recall. That's a pretty significant example. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, if you caught him once, how many other times did that? Could it have occurred and you didn't catch him? Exactly. Or it happened in a different way. Or however, Kenneth's grandfather 
was a sleepwalker and he would walk around the house and even sometimes cook food without eating. And I have heard cases of that. Oh, it blows my mind. The defense attorney alleged that Kenneth didn't remember the details of the killing. He said he remembered his mother-in-law's face after he killed her. Oh, oh. And there was <laughs> clearly some level of, of rationale or awareness in present moment, either from that as a trigger that got him to take himself to the police station and realize what he'd done is what I'm thinking. Wow. Okay. I'm wondering. Heavy shit. He apparently also realized that he had killed her when he arrived at the police station. So w the argument is, was he really fully asleep the whole time? Or could he have been conscious the whole time, but repressed the horrific memories almost immediately? Right. Which there is something to be said about repression, but mm -hmm. is this in fact the case? Um, there is lots of evidence that supports the latter hypothesis. Um, sleepwalking occurs in the deep stage of sleep when slow brain waves, 50% plus del delta waves, begin to appear. And because of the slow brain waves, people who are asleep might people who are asleep are not normally consciously aware of sensory input from their surroundings. So during sleep, they, there is a gating mechanism that blocks the input from the cognitive brain to the motor system. The chemical messengers GABA. I'm not even going to try and say what it is mm -hmm. <laughs> because it's a very big word. Acts as an inhibitor that stifles the activity of the brain's motor system. Okay, that made more sense to me. Thank you. So I missed that paragraph. My apologies. That's okay. So, owning to the failure of the gating mechanism, the brain issues commands to the muscles during sleep. And I'm wondering if that's when we twitch in our sleep. Yes. We do that kick or you have that dream where you're falling and mm -hmm. then you mm -hmm. hit the ground yeah. or land on the awning or something like that. I wonder if that's what that is. Yeah, it's possible. Um, if you know out there, send us a message know. on our uh, Gmail yeah. uh, account. Either email us or DM us on Insta. Yes. I'm curious if you know the answer to that, please let me know. Yes. In children, the neurons that release this neurotransmitter are still developing and have not yet fully established a network of connections to keep motor activity under control. Sometimes the gating mechanism remains underdeveloped or it functions less effectively, owning to sleep deprivation, fever, anxiety, or drugs. In those cases, sleepwalking can persist into adulthood. Okay. All right. Because that was another thing I was going to ask as we close up this portion of the episode or this topic on the episode was we all know that children tend to sleepwalk more than adults. adults and yes. why is that? And then you that's, just shed light on that for me. That's so thank you. As for the outcome of the case, because I don't want to get too in depth in this because this is a really heavy case. The plea using sleepwalking as a defense dates back to 1846. Really? Which was really interesting to me. That is so very that was interesting. the first one that I could find on file. Mm -hmm. It was Massachusetts versus Terrell in 19, or, or 1846. He was acquitted of murder in the murder of a prostitute in Boston. Almost decapitating her, he set fire to a brothel, fled to New Orleans where he was arrested. He was a chronic sleepwalker and perhaps committed the crime while he was asleep. And used it as his defense. And he was found not guilty in that case. So that date that dates back to 1846. Shut the fuck up. So almost up. 200 years ago. Wow. 170 years ago. No way. All is right. That, is that 170 years ago? Mathematician, I have a liberal <laughs> arts education. Would you like fries with that? <laughs> um, 1870s, 1920s. This one might say. Kenneth Parks, a young Canadian man, was acquitted. In, acquitted. Acquitted. He was acquitted. There we go. In the eight, 1987 murder of his mother-in-law after using the sleepwalking defense. On the night of the death, he rose from the bed, drove 14 miles. There's the answer to that. There we go. To the house of his in-laws with whom he was said to be close and strangled his father-in-law until he passed out. 
bludgeoned his mother-in-law with a tire iron and stabbed them both with a kitchen knife. The woman died. The man barely survived. Parks then arrived at the police station. Police said he seemed confused about what had transpired. And they said they noticed something odd. Parks appeared to be oblivious to the fact that he had severed tendons in both hands during the attack. The, that obliviousness to the pain, along with other factors, including a strong family history of parasomnias, led experts to testify that Parks had been sleepwalking during the attack. Not conscious, not responsible, not guilty. Thank you for that synopsis. Um, That's a great that way to wrap it up. <laughs> nutshell and wrap it up, right? Yeah. Um, genius. And thank you, Maya, for uh, talking that because... I genuinely have been working ridiculous hours nonstop. So Maya's been doing a lot of the sweat work for us recently. And it's fine. It keeps me busy. It keeps the food out of my mouth. So (laughs) um, it was fun to do too. This sort of stuff, Mm -hmm. I miss. Yes. I'm weird like that. I miss learning. Yes. So this new job is challenging me in a whole different way. Yes. Congrats on the new job. And I'm learning so much stuff Mm -hmm. that it's overwhelming. And I'm overstimulated when I get home yes but I'm sleeping soundly I'm sleeping like a baby and I'm waking rested and it's just lovely lovely (laughs) because my brain isn't tripling up and dying I think that's what I said to you yes my brain needs to learn so that was pretty much it for the cases that we wanted to attack today however we did agree that the true crime genre and idea is going to be sort of a two-part series we're going to start with a two-part series it is one of Kat's favorite topics but there are so many true crime things out there we don't want to be true crime right that's not yeah that's not our thing it's just one of our passions and something that we would discuss in the back alley and it is that's exactly where these conversations come up and it so if you like it let us know we're all for constructive, constructive yeah, absolutely. criticism. Absolutely. We've gotten a lot so far. Yes. We appreciate it. Please keep it coming. It helps us become a better podcast. We are learning as we go. Yes. And your feedback is helping us get there. If there's anything you would like to hear more of, mm-hmm. see more of on our Instagram, but any feedback, just be kind. Please. Yeah. We're all being kind to each other. Mm-hmm. Just being humans, be kind. If there's a case that you would like us to talk about, let us know too. Oh my gosh, there's so many I desperately want to talk I about. So we have many. one, but it was just, it was a little too heavy for today. And yes. we need to do a little bit more research on it. It's one that Kat knows quite a bit about, but we just need to do some refreshing on. So once we get that all polished up, we'll get that yes. on the air for you guys. And post-holiday. Post-holiday. Holiday is primary focus right now. Yes. Got to switch the brain off for a while. Yes. Well, as much as I don't want this conversation to end, we must. It's that time. We do thank you for joining us, and we're honored that you took some of your precious time and spent it with us today. On behalf of Back Alley Banter, Maya, and myself, Kat, we do want to thank you for tuning in for our chat on the weird crimes that have been committed. As always, we do ask that you please subscribe so that you do never miss an episode of Back Alley Banter. If you could, please review and rate us on Apple Podcasts. We are also available for download on iHeartRadio and Spotify. Yes, we are. Um, you can find us on Instagram at BackAlleyBanter, or you can email us your questions, feedback, or suggestions at BackAlleyBanter at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This has been Gap. <laughs> it's you now. <laughs> Redo. We would Excuse love. Me, I just tuned in. <laughs> Okay. That was karmic payback yeah, right there. That was karmic payback. <laughs> we would love to hear from you. This has been Gap. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
that is the cue that it's time to wrap it up. (laughs) Oh my gosh. We would love to hear from you. This has been Back Galley Banter and I'm Kat. And I'm Maya. And please be be kind, be be safe safe until until we meet again. again. (laughs) Thank you for your attention and we hope to welcome you on board in the near future.